Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by AllSteelers.com. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined every Monday and Wednesday by my main man, Stephen Thompson. Find us on YouTube.com slash Talk and subscribe anywhere you get your podcast today. We got a fully loaded show for you guys very excited to bring it all odell beckham jr making headlines for the pittsburgh steelers mel kuyper's latest mock draft has the steelers landing a sleeper at cornerback meanwhile they signed james pierre to a new one-year deal lamar jackson is still making news that is not slowing down anytime soon but maybe his time in baltimore is coming to an end and the steelers are they sending some messages with where they are and where they are not attending Pro days, plenty to get into. First, it is a uh, cloudy day here in the Berg, but yesterday was gorgeous. I think this afternoon's supposed to be gorgeous again. I got a five o'clock tea time, so if it doesn't rain, God's looking, somebody's looking out for me. The universe has their eyes on me today. I'll be feeling good about it. How are you feeling, my friend? Feeling good. This is um, this is the off season. This is um, <laughs> I don't know. That's um. It, it, this this episode feels like a very off seasony episode. Yes. Um just it's that it's that kind of vibe, but it's uh it's good. There's actually it's it's rare you actually get this much substance in the uh, in the middle of the off season, but there's actually like stuff to talk about, which is good. Yeah, there's uh there's plenty of headlines, which is uh cool, just like you said. They're all like weird. Everything's yeah. just kind of like, oh, do we should we grab this one? Yeah, let's grab this one. Mm-hmm. There is one though that's that's real. It's legit. It's got substance and it comes right from the source himself. Ben Roethlisberger made news yesterday. Kind of took over Steelers headlines for a little bit there. I think on his podcast. I won't lie to you. Did not watch the latest episode of his podcast, but I read the headlines. I read the stories. He came out and said that last year, after the 49ers lost a second quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo, at this point they are down Trey Lance and Jimmy G. They called the future Hall of Famer and said, hey, you want to come play the rest of the season? Ben said that while it didn't ever turn into anything, there were talks and the consideration was there. Could you imagine if we woke up one morning and you looked at your phone and it was Ian Rappaport and he tweeted, Steelers legend Ben Roethlisberger headed to the San Francisco 49ers on a one-year deal. I, I would not have believed that. I would have thought if I saw that, I would have thought someone was messing with me. That yeah. it is. I don't. Uh, this whole, uh, there were no other quarterbacks out there. Like really, <laughs> like really, like I don't know. Like maybe it wasn't the worst idea in the world. Ben's not that far removed from his playing career, but. First of all, did Ben want to do that? Like, or would Ben? According to him, he said his his quote was that he could still prove that he could play. That he he said they they were, I think, reaching out maybe just to gauge my interest. I had discussions. I'd be lying if I didn't say there was a small part of me that was intrigued. I could still do it and prove to people that I could still play. I think that's a direct a direct shot at Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert. And the Steelers for saying, well, you know, we think you should retire. We're going to go in a different direction. He's just like, well, I could still go in a Super Bowl with the 49ers, maybe. Couldn't imagine. Couldn't imagine. Yeah, and it's just, it's like, why does he feel the need to prove that? I don't know. Oh, he has had such an accomplished career and, it, like, a more accomplished career than 
95% of the quarterbacks who've ever played this game. Yeah. And he's still and he's still sitting in his home, hanging out with his family, and and what's eating at him. What was eating at him last season was apparently that he thought he could still play. I don't know. That seems that seems weird. And I feel like Ben should let himself enjoy retirement a little bit more than yeah, he I, clearly I, is. I, I think I he sounded at the beginning of retirement like he was very excited for it. That I still think that he is. Like he 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 finished off that whole thing by going on a I can never see myself playing for anybody but the black and gold little little tangent there, which is mm-hmm. that's good, respected. But like I don't know. Like I always find it very interesting when players, when quarterbacks specifically come out of retirement. Like Phillip Rivers has said that he wants to come back out. Drew Brees is like a name that gets tossed out there every single season. Tom Brady obviously did it. We the Brett Favre days, Aaron Rodgers nonsense that happens every single offseason. It's like once a quarterback hits a certain age, you're like, yeah, you know what? He he could win us a Super Bowl, no doubt. But what is the risk reward here for anybody? Like it, the, for the San Francisco 49ers, I don't think there was any any risk. You bring Ben Roethlisberger in, he doesn't work out. He doesn't work out for Ben Roethlisberger. You come back into the NFL and you stink. You now stink. You've now pulled a Brett Favre. You and that's how we remember Brett Favre. Brett Favre will forever be remembered as the guy who, you know, got into some trouble and, and Pat McAfee's getting sued over that. So we're not going to get d- deep into that. But at the same time, when you think of his playing days, I could care less about the Super Bowl that he won. I could care less about what he did in Green Bay. All I think about is how he sucked with the Jets, and then he was even worse with the Minnesota Vikings, and you just couldn't call it a career. You just don't, you know, you don't want to see that. You don't want to see. Our dad said it our whole lives. At least mine did. I'm going to guess yours did too. You don't, you'd like to see a guy go out under his own power. You hate to see them when they just can't give up the game. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah it's true. And I, I I think Ben did it. Like he pushed it to as far as he could. If he came back, I just didn't see anything good happening. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't see how this would have like worked out for him with, uh, no. yeah, I, I couldn't really see that happening. And it's no. like you said, what you don't want to see him. What, what if, if it, it did? What if they won a Super Bowl with Ben Roethlisberger? That'd be cool, I guess. If you're a I, Pittsburgh Steelers fan, how upset are you? You're not upset. I mean, no. You no. weren't upset when Brady did it with the Bucks. No. I mean, oh, not I really. Been upset a little bit. A little. Not because we were like bad now. Like I don't know. Like I watched Tom Brady at the very end of his time with the Patriots, and he stunk. His last pass as a Patriot was a pick six in the playoffs. Like it, True. it's it, True. Th- that had run its course. And I, that's kind of how I felt. And the Bucks, it wasn't like just plugging Tom Brady and back into the Patriots was going to make them a Super Bowl team, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think you'd get a lot of Steelers fans that we would have to talk off the Ben would have won us a Super Bowl ledge last year if he did go win a Super Bowl with the 49ers, which is a totally different team. It would have been wild, though. Would have been wild. I always it always does. Did it change the narrative of Brady? I feel like you have a good perspective on this. Like, did you, did it ever take away from the legacy of Brady in New England? Like, when you think of Tom Brady, do you still think of him as the the New England Patriots' greatest quarterback of all time? That's yeah. his label. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I don't know. Okay. It's not like that. It's not like that takes away from. You still won those six, man. Like, I still yeah, yeah, remember yeah. those. Like, those all still count. Um, yeah, I didn't get caught up in a whole like. The thing is, though, you remember it less as, oh, those are Brady Super Bowls, and you start to think of them more as, 
like, oh yeah, there were some other, cause there were still guys around who had played on those teams. And you start to think of those guys more than you do when Brady's right there. Yeah. And, yeah. So. Okay. Okay. I don't know. Pittsburgh fans are different. I think there would have been a little bit of, a little bit of ill will towards Ben Roethlisberger or a lot of hate towards the Pittsburgh Steelers if he went out and just absolutely killed it. And then everybody's like, why would you force him to retire? Kenny Pickett, Kenny Pickett sucks. I could see it. It would have been a great time. Great time. I would have enjoyed it. Um, Next headline. Excuse me. Lots of of news. I don't think anything tops Ben Roethlisberger possibly coming back and winning the Super Bowl with the 49ers. Do you think they, a healthy Ben, do you think they beat the Eagles? No. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. Right, like a, a healthy Ben, like even healthy Ben at however old he is. I don't know. Is, at this he, point, he's got to be, he might just about be 40. If he's not yeah, 40 already, he retired you retired at 38. You think he's going to be able to dodge Javon Hargrave and, and Brandon Graham better than, who was it, Josh Johnson was in there by the end yeah, of the Yeah, for like four plays. No, Josh Johnson was in there for three plays, and then he got a concussion. Well, and who, came was, in, who came in after Josh? So Brock Purdy. Purdy. Yeah, he came back in. He couldn't throw the football. Oh, right. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't think he's dodging. No way. I still think he's getting hit. I still think they, you know, they they have a shot with uh, any quarterback out there. I think if Josh Johnson stayed healthy, they would have had a shot. But I agree. I don't think anybody was beating the Eagles. Just And I don't think that they were beating the Chiefs. I just Yeah. No, yeah, certainly not. No. No, nobody had the firepower to beat the Chiefs. The Eagles were as close as it gets, and I think the Eagles were – it's somewhat underrated just because they were in the NFC. I agree. All right, let's talk OBJ. Dan Orlovsky, ESPN and NFL analyst, has gone on a rant for two days now. The guy will not give it up. That he believes that Odell Beckham Jr. fits perfectly with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, it started on Get Up. Then it went to the Pat McAfee show. His reasoning behind it is that the Steelers have a young quarterback who is cheap, and they already have talent, but you need as much talent as possible to win in the AFC. His reasoning is you, if you don't have an explosive offense in the AFC, you cannot win, which I agree with. He says that Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, Najee Harris, Pat Fryermuth, and Odell Beckham Jr. is a mix that gives the Steelers an actual chance with Kenny Pickett. Do you, do you agree with that? Do you think that Odell Beckham is the answer here for the Pittsburgh Steelers that just... He's a guy that you, after a year off of football, you're just like, yeah, well, this guy could come in here and he's worth whatever type of money because he makes the team instantly better. I don't know if he's worth whatever kind of money, but he does make the team instantly better. I still think he's got it. I still think he's gonna. he could be a good player. Um, that's just a, I don't know. I, I feel like his skills are kind of not never going to die, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. He's They're got the he's, he's not old. He's right. like, what, 32? 30 years old. He's only 30 years old. Right. Like yeah, his plenty yeah. of time. Right. I think in a vacuum. Yeah. OBJ obviously makes your team that much better and gives Kenny a that's the best. That would be automatically the best target that, that Kenny's ever thrown with. Or the best yeah. Yeah, pass catcher. Yeah. The th- thing that so there's an injury history there, right? Yes. Yeah, there's pretty significant injury history there. I don't know. So I, it just seems like a, a, uh, it would seem like a desperation move for a team that doesn't need it. Why don't you think they need it? Well, not that doesn't need it, but like they don't need to 
shovel a bunch of money into a big time receiver. Like I, I guess if it's a one year deal or something like that, but yeah, but I don't think I'll be, I think OBJ is going to get a deal bigger than a one year deal. So I agree with you. I don't think it would be a one year deal. I think it would be right, a little it, bit longer. Right now, I'm, I, I don't really know. I like, I think he's a fine player, but I, I wouldn't want to attach my wagon to OBJ for more than a year. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, especially at a price tag, an right. expensive price tag. Right, and I feel like they could they've created some cap space for themselves this year, but I don't know, next year things start to get serious, you know what I mean? Like next year is when they really have to start to compete. We talked about their window the other day, like the window yeah. is open now, but yeah, but next is year is the year. Yeah. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Next year is the if you next year is the you should win a Super Bowl in 2024. I agree. That's what, just in the time frame of a rookie quarterback, a good rookie quarterback on a good team. I agree. I I don't know. He does make the team better, but like, does he make the team that much better compared to going out and drafting somebody or signing other guys that are still on the market that could possibly just come in here and be smaller fillers? I don't know. Like a McCole Hardman still on the market. Like does OBJ make a team that much better than McCole Hardman, Deontay Johnson and George Pickens? Like, I don't know. Right. If you're going to spend that kind of money, I'd I'd go for, McCall Hardman over. Yeah, he's younger. He's younger. He's going to be cheaper. There's no, there's, there's not the risk there. There's not the attention there. And and the attention is both good and bad because I think on the field, you take a lot of pressure away from George Pickett. They give Odell Beckham. I see where Orlovsky Orlovsky's coming from when it comes to if Odell Beckham's on the field and so is Deontay Johnson and so is George Pickens, you can't double team anybody. You you just got to say, well, we'll we'll run with somebody, you know, everybody so, safety is going to cover over the top of whoever they pick. But somebody else is going to be wide open, you know, or the running lanes are going to be wide open or Calvin Austin Jr. is going to have or Calvin Austin third is going to have a phenomenal season or Pat Fryermute is going to catch 100 touchdowns. I get all that. But it doesn't really give you like any room to continue to build this offense, because I think once Odell Beckham's in in place, you don't really have the need to go draft a wide receiver. Because what are you gonna are you gonna play that wide receiver off the bench and just say, well, you'll you'll get time when Odell's off the field here. No worries about it. Or do you just use Odell in the slot and then you get somebody on the outside? And then I just think it it opens up a lot of questions that the Pittsburgh Steelers do not want to answer, that they are have no interest in answering. Right. And I think it's not forward, it's not a forward, it wouldn't be a forward thinking move in the way that yes. it needs to be. Um yes. You know, like OBJ is a rental, and that it, it means you're kind of putting all your eggs in one basket for next year, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to if you draft someone, you draft a really talented guy, and then you maybe keep that window open a little bit longer. With with OBJ, you're you're going all in on one year, and if it doesn't work, you're in a tough spot. That's what I'm saying. Like if you're if you just are signing Odell to say, well, we're going to see how good Kenny could be in 2023, like that's cool. I get it. Does Odell want to do that? I don't think so. Does Kenny want to do that? I, I mean, maybe, but I don't think, I think if you gave Kenny the choice of drafting Jordan Addison or signing Odell Beckham, he's going to pick Jordan Addison because he's going to oh, say, yeah. this is a guy that I could build with. This is a guy that we could turn this into because Kenny sees it realistically like everybody else. He's a competitor. He wants to win a Super Bowl this year, just like the rest of the Pittsburgh Steelers do. But if you're being realistic, he he realizes that this is a long-term adventure. This is not, I have four years to 
do whatever I want to do with the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is how good can this team be for the next 10 years? Because I'd like to win multiple Super Bowls in the next 10 years. I don't see Kenny Pickett ever being the guy that says, give me $55 million a year. I don't ever see Kenny Pickett being the guy that says, I will not you know, play because the money isn't right. I see Kenny Pickett being a guy that says, I want to win a bunch of Super Bowls. And I think that he doesn't win a bunch of Super Bowls with Odell Beckham. He, he might win a couple Super Bowls with a, with a rookie, you know, like even if it's not this year, maybe it's next year, maybe it's the year after. And that's the other thing is what does Odell bring that a guy who you took in the first round shouldn't bring a year from now? I don't right. think it's, I don't think it's that much different, but I get the point. Like I get the, I get where he's coming from. I think he's just, I think Orlovsky's kind of just attached his horse to something and said, all right, we're just going to ride this out uh-huh. for the rest of the off season. This yeah. Yeah. This is my narrative. Strong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the, it's the Philippone. It's the, you know, it's, it's all those people who just like, are like well, Taylor Lewan, man, he's coming to the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's like, eh, I get it. Like I, you, you could do that. You know, it does make a little mm-hmm. bit of sense. It doesn't make enough sense to, to ride it out, but mm-hmm. you know, it, it makes a little bit of sense, I guess. I don't know. Bad move. I think we both agree with that one. We'll, we'll get into more wide receivers later. And I'm, I am excited to talk about wide receivers. Cause I think the Steelers, I think it's becoming more aware that the Steelers need options after they let Steven Sims and them actually hit the free agency market and don't seem to be resigning them or have any interest in resigning them. Um, but I want to go defense real quick. Mel Kuyper's mock draft, I think it's his mock draft 4.0 came out. The Pittsburgh Steelers land Deontay Banks out of Maryland. He's the fourth corner to be drafted following Christian Gonzalez, Joey Porter Jr., Devin Witherspoon, and Emmanuel Forbes out of Mississippi State. Then it goes Deontay Banks at 17. First off, a lot of corners, ton of corners. I I think I could spin this two ways. So we're going to talk about wide receiver and maybe how a wide receiver might be on an early part of the Steelers draft plans. If four corners are already off the board at 17, do you think the Steelers are immediately just like, we have to draft? We cannot wait because we're going to lose our guy by 32 or do you think that that doesn't mean anything to them whatsoever well i don't know like julius like the fact that julius brents is still on the board after four corners go yeah i I don't know like i feel like they are going to have options um i would not panic if i were them Uh, quite honestly i mm, i I get what you're saying but you know they're Five corners came off the board right there, and there were still a bunch of really good ones to pick from. Yeah, um, true. So I, I, if I'm them, I'm not necessarily panicking, um, especially because I feel like in those later rounds, a bunch of receivers are going to – in those later picks of the first round, a bunch of receivers are going to come off the board. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Like you, people aren't going to – I feel like people aren't going to be looking for corners as much after those first four, and the Steelers can sneak in and, and take a really good player later in the draft. So do you think, because at the same time, the Pittsburgh Steelers signed James Pierre to a one-year deal. Now they have four corners, uh, five, I guess, if you include Arthur Millette. Do you think that that needs still there? Like, do you think that maybe the Steelers are kind of like, eh, well, you know, maybe we, maybe everybody thinks we need a cornerback, but maybe we don't, maybe we don't want a cornerback at 17. I don't know whether, like, is James Pierre your long term, like, are James Pierre and Patrick Patterson, are those your two... No, or uh, well, Akella Witherspoon and and Levi. Yeah, Akella Witherspoon. Levi Wallace is a long term solution. That's a guy they're going to want here for the next couple of years. But uh, Akella Witherspoon's a one year. He's got one year left to prove it. 
James Pierre is on a one-year deal. He's going to continue to be on one-year deals. It's just like a bottom feeder of the depth chart. Patrick Peterson's got two years, though. That's where I think I come into this. Is like Patrick Peterson has two years on his deal. The Steelers have a very pressing need at corner, and the cornerback class is loaded. But maybe the cornerback class is loaded, and the Pittsburgh Steelers are saying, well, yeah, but we have, you know, we need a wide receiver. We need a tackle. We need a, a nose tackle. We need an inside linebacker. We need a safety. Like maybe the Steelers are looking at this going, everybody thinks we need a corner. We don't, we don't really need a corner. Like we do, but we don't need a corner at 17. We got a lot of things that we could get at 17. Am I wrong there? No, no, I guess not. But uh, like, I feel like I still feel like that's take a corner somewhere. And I feel like, yeah, to yeah, not, I agree to not use one of these top end picks, either 17 or 32 on a quarter, maybe 49, but like to, to that's not where even... I'm thinking that's where as crazy as it sounds as crazy, as crazy as it sounds for just following their pro days, because you know, it's all about the trends. And if people want to tell me I'm wrong about the Jordan Addison pro day thing, maybe I'm, maybe I'm right about this. The Steelers have very much so avoided cornerback pro days for the most part. They went to Iowa's, who Lucas Van Ness, Jack Campbell, middle linebacker, edge rusher, defensive tackle type guy. Iowa State, Will McDonald, Anthony Johnson Jr., Nickelback, and Xavier Hutchinson, mm-hmm. who's a wide receiver. They're going to be in Ohio State today. Jackson Smith Najigba. Uh, I was going to say CJ Stroud, but not CJ Stroud. Dewan Jones, <clears throat> excuse me, Paris Johnson Jr. Doesn't, you know what I mean? Like there's not, the the trend does not say the Pittsburgh Steelers have their eyes on a bunch of cornerbacks. What if they, and then Clemson, which was Murphy, Brisset, and Simpson. And Simpson. What if the Steelers went offensive pick, whatever, at 17, another pick at 32. Excuse me, I got something in my throat. And then a cornerback at 49 because they still think that they could get somebody. You know, Julius Brents is, isn't even being talked about as a first-round pick. He could slide to 49. He could be sitting there easy at 49. You know, you could you could get a guy. I don't know. I'd have to go deeper down this list. But Cam Smith isn't being talked about in those first 17 to 32 picks. Maybe that's another guy. You know what I mean? Like, you said it yourself. Guys are going to go in different positions at the end of the first. What if they wait till 49 and they're just like, well, guys, like what? We don't have a pressing need here. We have Patrick Peterson. He's a future Hall of Famer. We'll be just fine. Right. And I guess if Ke- if Keely Ringo is not going in those top. Did you mention Ringo? Keely Ringo? Yeah, he wasn't right. even in the, those top. That's another one. That's right. so if Keely Ringo's not there. Cam Smith is still on the board and Julius Brents is still on. The, those are three corner, three more corners to go by 32. There's zero chance. You don't make it to the playoffs because you need a cornerback. It just doesn't know like that. No, you know, Brian Branch is still on the board at that point. There's just, there are names, you know, there are a lot Mm -hmm. of names. Meanwhile, though, you know, you look at the wide receivers, you look at the offensive tackles, you wait too long on either of those. You've missed out. You know, you're Mm -hmm. now, it's now developmental pieces inside linebackers. I think they all stink. I think the Steelers like them and they don't want to miss their guy at 32. It's just, I don't know. I could see it changing up. I could see it very much so changing up.
just following the trends. You know, my thought, if I'm the Pittsburgh Steelers, I'm Deontay Banks is a stud and possibly my favorite corner in this draft. And I'm drafting him, but I'm not the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm just interested why, you know, corner was the talk of everything before what this like through the combine i felt like corners were yeah talk of the draft especially for the steelers and i just i wonder what i'm not entirely sure what changed like how that kind of how the how the cornerback market kind of fell to the wayside in favor of a lot of other things i, just, I, I i'm interested i don't know. i think that the wide receivers were overlooked especially by me you know, because I looked at the wide receivers and I thought for certain Steven Sims was coming back. Had a hard time believing he wasn't coming back. I thought that Miles Boykin would be back. He's not coming back either. It doesn't look like. So you're now down to four wide receivers. And really, it, you're down to two and a half because I don't I don't include Gunner in that conversation. And Calvin Austin hasn't played an NFL snap. So I think that has they have put themselves in a situation where they need a wide receiver. Didn't see that one coming. I also thought they'd sign a wide receiver by now. That hasn't happened. So, you know, you're still questioning their motives there. Uh, the offensive line, I kind of, fe- I still feel the same as the way I felt. I think the Orlando Brown stuff kind of threw me for a loop a little bit for me to say, oh, well, maybe they are interested in a, in, in somewhat of a bigger option, a better option at left tackle. You never know. And, their glowing interest in Trenton Simpson makes me think eh, maybe maybe they will go there. It's just their lack of like they spent a lot of time at the NFL Combine scouting these corners and meeting with these corners, but ever since then it's just like it's been multiple other positions and you know what I mean. Like we they didn't get rid of Akella Witherspoon. I thought that would be a, te- a telling sign. It just like it, it, to me, it's just like I, I think that if Cam Sutton was here, you draft a guy to be the building block because Levi Wallace is leaving. Now I look at it as you draft somebody to learn behind Patrick Peterson, but the plan is to keep Akello or to keep Levi Wallace longer than what you have him now. So you have two years to get whoever you draft star ready to be that guy who replaces Patrick Peterson. And I don't think that's as pressing at 17 as it was, you know what I mean? When it was supposed to be the guy that replaces Levi Wallace in a year. Yeah, that makes sense that uh, I, I agree with that. I still, I, I can't get around. I still think they need like a top end talent at corner. Yeah. Like, I don't know why they wouldn't. I, yeah, they still need a, I still feel like this this cornerback room is much more short-term solutions to long-term problems, and I feel like they could use – but I do – yeah. They're still – yeah. They're yeah. going to be guys, and they're going to be – they're going to be bigger names that you got to hit on early that you can't really – that you can't really miss on. I just yeah. – I was so locked in on getting a corner and a different corner, quite honestly, so early in – with that number 17 pick that it's you got to kind of reframe how you think when you, yeah, um, you know. we, there was a time where we literally talking about double dipping at corner, but right. now we're like, maybe they'll just let him slide <laughs> and you don't know. And I think that leads us into our next topic, which is their pro day approach, which they did not go to Jordan Addison's people are losing their mind about the fact that 
They did not go to USC's Pro Day. Meanwhile, they went to Iowa State's and Iowa's instead. They're headed to Ohio State's today. Just to give everybody a little rundown of the land here, for those who do not follow the Pittsburgh Steelers scouting trail as, as well as others, the Steelers have a few staples. Their staples are Clemson. They always start at Clemson. Then they go to Georgia. They hit Ohio State's. Most of the time they go to Penn State. Not always. Honestly, a little bit of a hit or miss thing type there. They always go to Pitts. There's, and then they just kind of like make their way around from there. On the other side of that, they never go to the West Coast. Literally ever. Like they just, no matter who is coming out of wherever they need to go, they do not go to the West Coast. They've gone there in my existence of being a Pittsburgh Steelers follower. They've gone there one time. It was to Stanford back when I was like 10 years old because they were scouting David DeCastro, who they ended up picking with their first round pick. Besides that, they don't make the move. They don't go over there. People are acting as if Jordan Addison should have changed that rule and the Pittsburgh Steelers should have went to USC to watch Jordan Addison. And that shows that they are no longer interested in Jordan Addison. Do you follow that notion or do you think that the Pittsburgh Steelers just made a call that they believe fits them better instead of going to scout Jordan Addison? I think they know what Jordan Addison is. I think they know what kind of player they would get if they were to draft him. Um, yeah. I think they needed to simply see more of guys like Will McDonald and uh, Lucas Van Ness and Xavier Hutchinson. Um, I think that had more to do with it than their interest in Jordan Addison. They they watched Jordan Addison up close and personal. They got a firsthand testimony from a quarterback that he was really successful with and, and played a lot of football with. I, I think they I, – I don't know how much more evaluating they have to do with Jordan Addison. Um, yep. They got – they whatever testing numbers they need or whatever, they could get from, I don't know, literally Twitter of, of Jordan You're Addison. You're telling me that they didn't want to go watch him catch passes from a quarterback who isn't Kenny Pickett? In after shorts. After watching him in shorts and right. while instead of scouting three valuable guys on the same day, they're just going to go to USC and scout that one guy, catch some passes in shorts. I know if he crazy. does drills, I know it's crazy. But. It's just that's just the point. Like it's there are so many people who are going to disagree with this and say, "Oh well, you know the the Steelers didn't go." That shows he's they're done. They, they're fit. They have the film. They watched the film for a whole year. It was mm-hmm. at Pitt with Kenny with the guy that they're worried about catching a football from the the player that they just. This is what Kenny Pickett provides, and you just you just explained a lot of it. Kenny Pickett provides the scouting report that you need on Jordan Addison. Who is Jordan Addison? Who is he as a player? Who is he in the locker room? Who is he as a teammate to a quarterback? Boom. Kenny Pickett's got all those answers for you. How hard of a worker is it? Is he? Kenny Pickett's got those answers for you. Can he catch the football from Kenny Pickett? Well, the film at Pitt gives you the answers to that question. You want to know what going to USC's Pro Day does? Absolutely nothing. Not a thing whatsoever. It tells the masses that you are interested in Jordan Addison, which is something the Pittsburgh Steelers do not want to do is tell the masses that they are interested in a player. Meanwhile, they went to Iowa state who provides a possible first round wide receiver, a defensive back that they are very interested in, in Anthony Johnson jr. Who could play safety and nickelback. And they feel that is a very valuable need for them right now. 
And Will McDonald is a possibility at not only 17, not only 32, but possibly 49 off the edge, which is a position that they still very much so need. So instead of going to watch Jordan Addison catch passes in shorts from somebody they could care less is throwing the football, they went to Iowa State. And it means absolutely not. If anything, if anything, I think I am more on the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to draft Jordan Addison train after this move than beforehand, just because they hit it. They said, well, why would we go there? You know, we know what we see out of Jordan Addison. That's important. Yeah, I buy that. Like they they're comfortable with the guy he is and whether they're going to draft him or not. They they I think they know by now. Yes, they have all their Jordan Addison answers and they do not need any more of them and them not going there. Because and that's the difference is like, you know, I think the offensive line drills are also stupid. Like I, I think I, I think pro day and, you know, NFL combine drills are absolutely pointless outside of the 40 yard dash for certain positions. And I guess the bench press. But like, you know, the, the on field drills mean nothing. I could care. They, nobody sits there and goes, just see how fast that guy just ran through those bags. First round pick. No doubt. You know, nobody does that. Stanford going to watch David DeCastro. I got that one, but I think it was more of let's learn who David DeCastro is off the field. They don't need to do that with Jordan Addison. They have the best reference humanly possible in Kenny Pickett. Like their scouting is done on this guy. There's no need to worry about it. I don't know if he makes it to 17. I think people are going to lose their minds, but people did it last year with Kenny Pickett, you know, the whole, and and there, there are years past, you know, Juju Smith Schuster, the Steelers did not go to USC's Pro Day to attend. They didn't even talk to Juju at the Combine. They just drafted him. Like, they, they just NFL teams have so many resources. It is wild. Like, the, the, the trail that they leave for us to follow is literally nothing. It is, a, it is a singular breadcrumb. Not even breadcrumbs. It is one breadcrumb of the entire network that they have telling them information on these players that they are looking to draft. I agree. I think Jordan Addison is, uh, if anything, I might put him as my 17th pick in my mock draft that drops Monday. Might happen. Might happen. I think I'm sold on it, actually. Jordan Addison, 17, Pittsburgh Steelers. Lock it in. Let's get it. Lock him in. It means nothing. It means nothing. If anything, I'm very curious about their thoughts on Anthony Johnson Jr. Right. I think yeah. that's, that's yeah, like, a name to watch were, now. And they were looking at Xavier Hutchinson, too. Like, where do those guys? Uh, there's... Yep. I don't know. Will, Will McDonald, why they go, you know, do, no, are they no. intrigued in, in Will McDonald if he slides to 32? Like, there are way more questions that come with that than worrying about Jordan Addison. Way more. It d- doesn't even make sense. All right. Last thing I want to talk about, non-Pittsburgh Steelers related, but also very Pittsburgh Steelers related. Lamar Jackson drama is still going on. We've touched on it, I think, more than anybody else in the entire world <laughs> about how the Baltimore Ravens just continue to lose their quarterback. According to Pro Football Focuses, Mike Florio, or Pro Football Talk, excuse me, Mike Florio, Lamar Jackson and his camp want, or his representatives, I guess, say that they want out of Baltimore. They are ready to move on from the Baltimore Ravens. I think we all kind of expected that. At this point, it's just waiting to see if anything ever happens. I don't think that that needle has moved much. But I think it's also time to acknowledge that the Baltimore Ravens are done with Lamar Jackson. His era there has gone. If you are the Ravens, where do you what do you even do? How do you handle this situation? You can't prepare as if Lamar is going to be on the franchise tag this year and play. 
Do you draft a quarterback? Are the Baltimore Ravens now a team that are looking for a quarterback? Or do you just rock with Tyler Huntley and say, hey, well, look at this guy nearly won us a playoff game against a Cincinnati Bengals team that played. Eh, well, that's, we should rock with him. That's a dangerous thing, too, because if you're sticking with Tyler Huntley, you're risking missing out on Caleb Williams next year, which if you're going to lose, if you're going to lose. Or, the or if you're sticking with Tyler Huntley, you're risking getting Caleb Williams next year because Tyler Huntley stinks. I that that's ideal. That is ideal. <laughs> I, like that is literally an ideal scenario for them. But I don't know. Like Tyler Huntley, I guess he didn't play for most of the season last year. But no, no, he's not a like, good quarterback. I feel like he's capable enough to get them a bad draft pick, but not yes. good enough to make that bad draft pick worth. Yeah, it. yeah, 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 yeah. He's not pick one. He's like pick like nine. But you're like, ah, yeah. oh, it's cool if you didn't need a quarterback. Right. Yeah. If you didn't actually absolutely need the first overall pick to get, yeah, the yeah, guy yeah, that yeah, you yeah. Yes. Yeah. You need a top three pick if you're a quarterback needy team. I don't even know the other quarterbacks that are coming out next year outside of Caleb Williams. I don't think they're Phil Jerkovich. <laughs> yeah, there we go. He's coming Pete out. Slovis. Pete Slovis. That'd be why he's coming out. Two big hitters right there. I just, if you, is that the goal now? Are the Baltimore Ravens officially in rebuild mode? They built this phenomenal defense. They have the, uh, the league's best running game outside of Philadelphia, I guess. But Philadelphia just lost their running back, and you're just give me some picks, man. Go like that's what they're doing. That's I don't know. I'm I'm always team like blow it up. If you're not like competing, I agree. My my uh, my focus tends to tends to go elsewhere, and I just think like like why I don't know. Like well, especially for the Ravens, like I don't know. You know, you're not like sure. You have this great defense, but that's going to keep you in more games than I think you don't. That I think they don't want to be in. Yes, you know. Yes, mm. if if you signed or if you stick with Tyler Huntley and people are out here making a case for the Pittsburgh Steelers to go sign OBJ because they need a more explosive offense, the Baltimore Ravens, I don't care how good the defense is, which it wasn't as good as Pittsburgh's last year, and they're losing their starting corner. They just lost their starting defensive tackle in Calais Campbell. Patrick Queen wants out. I mean, it's blowing up. I agree. The team blow up is is certainly on board. The Steelers are actually it, it's ironic that they dropped in the same day. But as this news came out, uh, BetOnline.ag, who sends out a billion emails and very appreciative of them, sent one out where the Pittsburgh Steelers have the lowest odds, so the longest odds, I guess, to win the AFC North. Baltimore second, I think, at two plus two fifty. Pittsburgh's plus four fifty. I mean, why? I just don't get the. Well, how are the Browns? The Browns are at plus four hundred, so barely. But that's the Deshaun Watson effect. It doesn't make any sense, but people are going to carry that on forever. I just don't get how people are still under the interpretation that the Baltimore Ravens are a thing this year. You know, they can't be a thing this year without a quarterback. I don't care how good you are, you can't be a thing this year without a quarterback. Do they go yeah. out and get? Uh, let's. Let's read the top available quarterbacks <laughs> for them to go sign right now. Top of the list, according to Spotrack, is Carson Wentz. Hell yeah. That's the move right there. 37-year-old <laughs> Matt Ryan. Wow. Possibility. He's not done, although he is getting guaranteed $13 million. So if I was him, I'd take the year off. Maybe think about it next year. Tom Brady at 45 coming out of retirement to join the worst passing game in football. Teddy Bridgewater. Interesting name. 
okay. most interesting name on this list so far, Mason Rudolph. Sitting right there, 27 years old, young, could throw the football, has experience, hates the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's true. He hates does hate the, the Steelers. Steelers. He would be motivated for those two games. That would be huge. Yeah. If you're gonna if you're gonna sign anybody to say, hey, look at all we got, we just honestly, we just want to win those two games this season. Mason Rudolph is the guy. He's mm-hmm. especially if for some reason at all, Kenny Pickett goes down and isn't able to play in one of those games, and it's Mitch Trubisky versus Mason Rudolph. That's the that's what the NFL has been waiting for. That is right. what Pittsburgh's been waiting for. That is what Mason Rudolph's been waiting for. Here's an interesting name. Joe Flacco, 38 years old, free agent, coming off a year with the Jets, where I thought he played well when he played. Didn't play good, but played well enough. He's He's got a Super Bowl in Baltimore. You bring him back. I think even if you bring him back and say, hey, you're behind Tyler Huntley until Tyler Huntley isn't good anymore, he'd be okay with that. You'd, uh... You'd sell some jerseys or something. You'd sell some merch about like the Joe Flacco comeback at the very least. Yep. Um, There's a lot of love for Joe Flacco in Baltimore. A lot of love. I don't know if he's necessarily an upgrade over Tyler Huntley, but nah, I don't think so either. But I don't know who is Mason Rudolph's not a ty- not an upgrade over Tyler Huntley. Eh, maybe a little no. bit. Maybe no. throwing the football. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. But there are no upgrades. There are no. The Baltimore Ravens are sitting in the middle of the draft. Behind the Pittsburgh Steelers in the draft, trying to find a quarterback. That's just. That's the worst place to be. They are in the worst possible situation right now. And it's a month ago. Is it a month ago now? We talked about how the Baltimore Ravens are. This is it. This is the beginning of the end. And people blew us up. They were like, you guys are the dumbest people alive. I can't believe that you believe this. Oh, I was getting hate mail for. I still get the DMs like every other day of some random guy in Baltimore whose Twitter name is like. Michael McBaltimore coming at you live being like, I can't believe you're dumb enough to think that the Baltimore Ravens are going to stink this year. I'm like, well, buddy, I don't know who's playing quarterback for you. Okay. Right now. But last year I watched Anthony Brown jr. Play and he was not good. So you fall into that situation again. Yeah. You're, you're in a lot of trouble. You're, you're right. in a lot of trouble as, uh, as an organization. Yeah. Baltimore is sinking. They're sinking fast. I agree. Blow up mode is, has to be in full effect. It's a, uh, not looking it's good. A fun time. No, it's not looking good. And if you're if you're a believer that the Pittsburgh Steelers or that the the Cincinnati Bengals might have a little bit of a dip year, and you want to go hit that 450, I would hammer that on the Pittsburgh Steelers because I have no faith in the Cleveland Browns and I have no faith in Baltimore. Honestly, if you could find somewhere where you could bet the Steelers finish second in the AFC AFC North, that is that's the easiest bet you can make all season. Yeah. I wouldn't Absolutely. even bet again. I would just make that bet. And Wait, I would who cares who wins? I, yeah. I know. Yeah. I'd wait till week 18 and be like, mm-hmm. well, we just cashed out big. Thank you very much. It was worth the wait. Merry Christmas. That's what I, right around Christmas time, be the best little Christmas splurge of all time. People getting mm-hmm. great gifts. Yeah, agreed. It's a good time. Bad time for the Baltimore Ravens. Great time for everybody else in the AFC North. And maybe except for the Cleveland Browns, but good time for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Loaded week. Thank you guys for jumping on. We'll have plenty more on Friday when me and Derek jump on here. Plus next week, hopefully we have some more signings and some draft talk to talk about. Enjoy your week. Thank you guys for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to find us on YouTube, youtube.com slash All Steelers Talk. Subscribe anywhere you get your podcast and check out all of mine and Steven's work at allsteelers.com. Like I said, I will be back on Friday with Derek. Enjoy. Peace. (laughs) 